What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monday edition of the Tom Shiflet Podcast. I am your host, Tom Shiflet, riding shotgun with me, my younger brother, Kyle Harkins. What's up, dude? How was the weekend? What's going on? It was great. You know how it is. It was dirty Dover. It was a great. It was a great weekend, honestly. We've got some uh, got some good hoops we can get into. So Saturday night, we literally just got done recording, and it was just enough time for us to really hop on right before the Clippers and Jazz game and. Clippers did everything they needed to do to win that game on Saturday night. They were in complete control the entire time. Like it, it was really great job. It was one of the first times in a while where Kawhi and PG both had a really good game just from the jump, and they just carried it all the way through. Yeah, Kawhi, um, you know, started a little slow, I guess maybe. Yep. And Paul George, Paul George was great from the jump, yep. and then Kawhi was great to finish it. And they all came together and. I think that was the big difference, like picking back off what you said, like Paul George has been like kind of trying to steady the ship for as long as he can, just waiting for like Kawhi to grab the baton there in the fourth and just like slam the door shut. And like, it just wasn't happening in games one and two. And then Paul George start to, you know, waver uh, down, you know, but game three, both of them were just like, no, we're running together through the finish line here and we're just going to finish these dudes off. And I thought, you know, Donovan Mitchell looked okay, but I think at times you could kind of tell that like he's kind of limited mo- like mobility wise because of his ankle. Like his ankle still is bothering him pretty good here. So I mean, if it's if they're getting like less than seventy percent of Donovan Mitchell, like it's kind of curtains for Utah here because they don't really have anybody else who's just going to shoulder the load unless Mike Conley comes back here shortly. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. I I have no idea. I haven't seen any reports that saying he will. So I, I don't know, Game man. Time. It's a game, game I mean, time decision, I think. It's a game time decision. So that's that's what I saw. All right. Well, he should. He'll probably play then, unless they're comfortable enough to feel like we can just go down two. We can just go two two and just go back healthy and just keep it moving. I th- yeah, I think they are comfortable, but I think they do want to at least try to steal it. You know, I mean, do they think Paul George goes six of ten from hey, three? You know what happened? The whole the whole team shot like fifty three percent. Right. So. I mean, this is like the Clippers weren't going to shoot so poorly, like. That wasn't going to mm-hmm. continue. This is the this is the same exact record we were playing against Dallas. Like the first few games, the Clippers shot atrocious from the floor, and you're just like, "Well, they're cooked." It's like, well, why can't they shoot better? They're going to shoot better. Like it's going to happen. Like this is one of the most efficient teams ever in the history of mankind. This is one of the most efficient offenses ever. Like they're not going to shoot like dog shit for an entire series. They're just not. And finally, it's starting to come back. Utah kind of. But, like, role players always shoot better at home. Like, they always do. So, yeah. maybe they could take that into Utah, some positive, and, like, hey, would you look at that? Terrence Mann was a plus 21 the other night. Got back in the rotation, <sighs> brought great energy, plus 21. He was a difference maker off the bench. Yeah, dude. He, but it's great old Ty Lue, because Ty Lue the other night was like, yo, he's on he's the rotation. Stop fucking asking me about it. Next day, yeah. he's like, He's in rotation. Let's go. Give us that spark that we need. And he was he was fantastic. Like it's hard to not play the kid because he does the shots not going in. Like he has a really great energy. Like hustle. He he defends very well. He makes the right play every now and then. But for the most part, you just you love having him out there. Like he's a plus out there every single time. It just made no sense yeah. he was out of the rotation to fucking begin with. Yeah, it's crazy how many you know adjustments the Clippers can go with, and you know they were in the first two games. Yep. And they were running with whoever the hell they were running with. And they didn't really do that game three and they just killed them. So well, I think that's what we were talking about at so the end of game two was like, 
you can tell that Ty Lue is still tinkering with things where it's like, I'm not panicked about the Clippers because they're not panicked because they're still figuring out like what rotations to play. And like Ty Lue won't, he doesn't care. Even if they're up 2-0, he would still make adjustments to his lineup. He would still fix his rotation because it's not good enough. Like he did the same it, thing against Dallas. Like they were winning a couple in a row. And then he was like, well, I'm changing everything completely and I'm doing a whole new lineup here and I'm adjusting the rotation completely midway through the series. And then like helping them win that game in seven, you know, winning that series in seven games. So. Yeah. And um, the thing is with the Clippers, I just didn't think they could come. I mean, how many times are they going to start, you know, Oh two and then, you know, come back and win the series. You know, I just didn't know. And then, the thing with the the Jazz, no one could hit a shot in the first quarter besides Joe Ingles. He had fourteen, and everyone else had two. So right. it's like it's like is that shooting going to carry over like on the road all the time? Like the math is still yeah. really good for them. Like they still took a shit ton of threes. It's just this time the law of averages didn't kind of go their way like it has been most of the year. And like it happened in mm-hmm. Memphis for lulls when they in the Memphis series were like the others would shoot really poorly from three and they weren't hitting at the volume they were in Utah. So the games were a little bit closer there until they strung a couple of possessions in the fourth quarter to kind of blow them away. But like, I don't know. I I just, I don't know if Utah can win this series again. If Donovan Mitchell isn't right. It's like, if he's not a hundred percent and playing, like he's clearly the best player on the floor. Like, I just don't think Utah really has that much of a chance of taking the series here. Like I just, I don't see it. And if Mike Conley comes back and it takes him a while to ramp up too, like that also hurts them too. I just, I don't know. And if PG has finally kind of figured himself out here, because it looks like he's just going up and up and up each game. It looks like he's getting more and more Shoot confident. That thing. And he's shooting it yeah. a lot more confidently. He's, Shoot that he has thing. a lot more confidence here. And I think that's a good sign for the Clippers. I think if he can just keep this upward momentum, he's going to be the player that they need him to be. And that's just, that's another just, Holy shit, like, you know, Kawhi's already been nuclear this whole playoffs. And now Paul George can play the same exact way. Holy shit, man. That's that's gonna be like a next level for the Clippers and you can give them a real chance against against Phoenix in the next round. Yeah, it's it's so big for Paul George to come up like that because I mean it gave a chance to Kawhi to breathe. Yep. And then also it's like, goodness, if Kawhi had to blow his load to win and just go up or you know it's 2-1 it's like is he going to do it again in game four you know and then how many times can he do it again is he going to do it two more times to win the series so if Paul George can keep doing that yeah I still think it go- I think it goes seven because of how good Utah is at home they, yeah it, it gives it gives them trouble but the Clippers uh, again at game seven everything changes it, it's it's well gonna, I think every, the thing every that... possession matters and then just you know Kawhi and PG if they keep playing like this I don't think anything stops. well that's so. that's the thing like in the first two games those two players did not play anywhere close to their capabilities or like even close to how they did in game three so if like yeah. if this is what's going to happen going forward because they were still in those ball games with Kawhi and PG playing subpar and Marcus Morris couldn't hit the broad side of a barn and they were still trying to figure out the rotations and they were still within every single one of those games there in Utah. So, like, mm-hmm. I still think Utah is, like, overall the way better team. But if Donovan Mitchell's not right, then uh, just yeah. pack it in for me. Like, your superstar has to be healthy-ish, you know, healthy enough to get them to, like, 35, 40 points a night. And if he's not, then they're just – I just don't see them keeping up with them if Kawhi's going to be Kawhi and PG is going to start being like Paul George, so – We'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens tonight and see what kind of adjustments that Ty Lue is going to make. I'm sure he's going to make again. I'm sure he's going to make something. He's probably going to, you know, tweak Zubac's minutes. He probably shouldn't be playing as much as he is still. I think he should just keep going mm-hmm. small, switching everything again, and just hoping that 
your guys can hold up one on one and hopefully Donovan Mitchell is okay for Utah. He can go back to attacking, stopping on the dime, stepping back, doing all those things that he kind of just didn't look like he really had the other night. So I mean, I'm I'm pumped. I'm hoping this series just is competitive as hell and it just goes seven because we haven't had that much drama here in the second round here. And I'd be nice to have a little more dramatic here in the second round. It's supposed to feel like the playoffs here. Like it's there's been a lot of blowouts and it's kind of just been like sweep here. And it's just like, okay, can we get a competitive series here finally? And like, so Sunday we got into the games where it was three o'clock Milwaukee coming off, you know, that, you know, must win game where it felt like if they didn't get this win, they were done. They're two, one. All they got to do is just hold home court, do exactly what they did the other night. We were sitting there, you know, Man, Brooklyn probably lost this one, right? Like, Milwaukee, you know, they did enough to win, but, like, Brooklyn, they played like shit. No way they played that bad again. There's no way they shoot that poorly again. Like, this was kind of like an outlier, right? And it's like, well, I believe it wasn't. I thought, you know, Milwaukee did some things where they could have played even better. Like, they could have shot even better, and they defended really Mm -hmm. well. Like, this is something they can replicate again and again and again. And sure as shit, they did. Like, they played way better than they did in Game 3. And this was probably their best performance along from like maybe like game two or game three against Miami. But like they were fantastic on both ends of the floor. Like it was incredible. And Pat Connaughton and Brent Forbes, both of our dudes we were talking about, they were both pluses out there. Even when oh yeah, like Pat Connaughton was great. He was hustling. He was all over the place. He was taking open shots that were there. He didn't try to do too much like he usually does. He was great. And he worked really hard defensively. Brent Forbes, he hit shots when he was open. When he wasn't open, he passed out of it. He wasn't a complete like nightmare there defensively. Like everything was working out perfectly for Milwaukee. And finally, they just started hitting shots. Finally, like I was saying, yeah. there's no way this is one of the best teams in the league offensively. They were gonna shoot like dog shit for an entire series. Like it wasn't possible. It wasn't. Yeah, there was there was so much more fluency to their offense and getting out in the break and pushing the ball. Really, you know and Pat and Forbes both hit three threes, but they took the right shot. They, they didn't they t- force. Right. That's what's most important. They took Every almost 40 counts. some threes, but like Jeff Van Gundy was saying, it's like they're going to go back and watch the tape and they're going to be like, wow, 35 of these 40 some threes were the right shot every single time. Exactly. Like, they That's didn't what... just take a bunch of threes just to take them. They took the right shot every time. Not like they were the first two games in Brooklyn where they were just taking a shot just to take it. And it wasn't the right mm-hmm. shot in most possessions. And I think that was kind of. Again, like I was alluding to, like Milwaukee's offense is like kind of helping Brooklyn's defense here. Like Brooklyn hasn't had some kind of like, I don't know. Master I don't know formula. how to say it. Like yeah. something where like they just flipped a switch here defensively and they're like a lockdown oh, defensively. Yeah. It's like that's, yeah, that's not, not the case here. They're still extremely limited no. defensively, but Milwaukee's helping them out a lot, taking really bad shots and bailing them out and not attacking mismatches. And the best thing that they did, Mike Boonholzer played Giannis at the five. There were a plus 25 with Giannis at the five in 21 minutes at the five. Isn't that amazing? This, Is that this amazing? isn't hard. This isn't hard. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a center. He's a center. There's nothing they can series, do. He He's a yeah. center in every series, dude. It just makes things so much simpler. It does. It, it makes yeah, more right. sense to play Brook if he's going to stand on the three-point line than just have Giannis at center then. Play him as center. Even when Brook was out there, he was playing center. It just makes more sense. Well, I'd rather have a guard out there, yeah. So, so 
Well, yeah, I definitely would rather have a guard out there. But Brooklyn's been doing a pretty good job against Brooklyn so far it's this a, series. So I mean, it's a matchup nightmare. And I think they outscored them twenty-two to six. I think in fast break points. And that's yep, the, the past game two in a row games they've they've doubled them up in fast breaks. So the thing was is like, huge. if you were to be able to scheme things up in the half court, Easy then you got to get Giannis buckets. out there like yep. a freight train, just going, man. And I thought Giannis yeah. did a great job of cutting out the mid-range shots. He took a couple of them where it was like, took a few. okay, took a few. he took two or three threes. You're like. Okay, but it was like the game was already was well in, in hand, and you're yeah. kind of like, okay, you get him out of your system now. But he didn't take yep. eight. He didn't take eight of them. So he got the message. I got yeah, it. I'm not going to take eight. But they were like, some of them were like, okay, he has to take this uh, one. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. there wasn't just like no, he walked up with 19 seconds on the clock and goes yeah, three. Like, no, don't do that. One pass, but give it back, give it back. He was yeah. dunking on everybody, catching lobs. He was an animal. And Middleton shot like 12 threes, I think, too. And that's he great because it extends the deep. He was it insane, man. It was insane. And Drew Holiday, hey, he still didn't shoot that well. He still missed a lot of I shots know. out there, but he played really great Crazy. like he did. But it's just offensively, that's going to catch up, too. It's going to catch up, man. Like, Look, they smell blood in the water. They do. And, and they, you know what? The worst part of this, man, is that Kyrie goes down. Like, it was gruesome, his ankle injury. Yeah. The angles that they showed of him a million times. The... Like disgusting. Like, why do they need to zoom yeah. in on his face in agony? Like, what is it's that? Not, it's not. Yeah, it's not. What a do we need to do out. that for? Like, we saw the way his ankle went. Well, I know it hurts. Like, we don't need to show his face. Like, you're zooming in on his face. Like, what are we doing here? And they kept showing yeah, it bit, every yeah. single time. They showed it six times throughout the game. Like, it just. Kyrie is lucky he didn't break his ankle there. And no, Giannis didn't do anything dirty. He didn't. He didn't hip check Kyrie. It was nothing like that. It was just an unfortunate circumstance where Kyrie landed wrong. And for a guy who's as gifted and athletic and as agile as Kyrie is, sometimes you just yeah. you land wrong. And he landed straight. That thing was like, it was like oh, it was down. perpendicular. <laughs> like it was flat on the ground. Like I thought yeah, he broke his yeah. ankle in two pieces. And I was like, that's it. That's it for Brooklyn. Like if Kyrie is done, they're done. Like it cannot just be KD and then those other guys. They just they don't have anybody else who can get their own shot. Like so, if you blitz Kevin Durant really hard and he dumps the ball to somebody, what are they gonna do? They're gonna panic and they're gonna go, "Hey, Kevin, can you come back and get the ball?" Or Bruce Brown's gonna be like, "It's Bruce Brown time. I'm gonna shoot a floater." That's what it's gonna be. Tom. There was a they possession all- where the spacing was so disgusting, where it's like, okay, KD got blitzed oh, hard and he gave the ball to Blake, and it was. No, oh yeah, it was the one where Pat Connington got like he got knocked in the head and he was bleeding all over the place. It was a fi- oh, it was a five one four for Brooklyn. Kevin Durant gives the ball to Blake Griffin, who's wide open, mind you, and he sat there and he stood around looking around like, what do I do? Then he gave the ball back to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant yelled at him, gave him the ball again, like fucking shoot, do something. You're wide open. We are five one four. They didn't even get a bucket out of it because no one knew what that, to do. They're just deer in the headlights. And PJ Tucker, good lord, he has him in Guantanamo Bay right now, and he has <laughs> yeah. been really physical. But it's playoff defense; like he is finally making Kevin Durant's life like tough. Like, he, and probably he got a couple them, whistles that were kind of favorable, and they probably swallowed their whistle in a couple. But like in Brooklyn, they called all those things that he was doing to him. Like if they even breathed on him at one point in Brooklyn, that was going to be a foul on PJ Tucker. But like. He was roughing well, him up, yeah. man. And Steve Nash was saying it was almost like borderline, not basketball defense. Like, relax, man. It was physicality the way that it should be. Like, they made Kevin Wright's life, it made his life hard. And I think he's, what, 20 of 55 in the last two games? Like, that's just not going to get it done. And now the fact that Kyrie's off the floor he's to alone. take more pressure off of him, 
that's tough, man. And like, again, this Milwaukee defense is really, really good. I know it didn't look like that in Brooklyn, but their defense is really good. And when they are set, it is hard to score on them. And if it's just well, KD, now they get the lock in. Man. You know what I mean? The element surprise man. is completely gone. Well, it's not even the Brooklyn. element of surprise. It's just one of those things where it's like, you play hard for 22 seconds and then Kyrie and KD pull a shot out of their ass where only well, two I or mean. three guys in the world can make. Yeah. And you're just like, that's Great. what I mean. And yeah. they do that every possession. But now it's just, all right, we're now focused on double. Kevin. We're focused on Kevin. Yeah. What are you going to do? Now- Joe Harris is ice cold. He finally knocked one down there towards the end to kind of get a little confidence, I guess. But he has been horrendous. Away. Like he's been Away in the playoffs. But this whole postseason, he hasn't been that great. Like even against Boston, he was really streaky. He's missing a lot of shots. It was like, yeah, we were saying it the other night. It was like, there's no way they shoot this shitty again, right? Like it's Brooklyn. There's no way they shoot this bad, right? Like Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Joe Harris. Like he shot like 50 percent from three. There's no way they shoot this bad again, and they shot even worse. So, like, you got to tip your hat to Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee did some really good things defensively. I thought Bud did a good job of not completely shitting himself, and he coached a really good game. They got to they gotta realize, though, this next game, they can't just lollygag. No, they have to come out. Into, they have to come out hard gotta, because, I mean. They got to literally kill them. They have to kill them. Immediately. Don't give, do not, if they let them hang around, on oh. offense, if they hang around and Katie gives them 45 no, and 50 no. and he has a chance to end it on yeah. them, it will. They – the other thing is though they have a huge chance. See when you when you have one star like that, you get to double them, and then you get to choose where who you want to attack, where who you want to shoot. That's safe, right? Up. They can come and at him from so many different huge. angles where it's like it won't even be the same guy blitzing you this time. He can come from anywhere because they're not worried yeah. about any other dude but Kevin Durant beating you at this point. It's not one of those things where it's like, well, Drew Holiday can't come over because he can't leave Kyrie, but it, you know where it's coming from. It's not coming off of Kyrie, but now everybody's out there where it's like. It can come from literally anywhere. I can get blitzed from anywhere. I don't know where the ball is going to go. And am I going to get the ball back? Like, what's going to happen here? Like, I thought it was pretty crazy that, like, Steve Nash just completely iced Bruce Brown out of the rotation for most of that ball game. Like, he started it. He was a quick sub out. And then he did play the rest of the game until it was, like, well in hand out of there. And he kept missing all those mm-hmm. floaters to get off the roll. But I I get you make fun of Bruce Brown. But, like, he's supposed to take those. Like, you don't get the ball in the middle of the paint, like, with nobody around you and not take that shot. You know, like... I mean. Th- yeah, that's what Bam missed the whole first series. So I mean, it's there. You have to take it. You, you have, have to take it. Open, and it's shots yeah. he's been living on all year. Like, that's what's made him. James Harden got like eight or nine assists a game off those quick little, he slips the screen, yeah. a little floater. That's it. It's easy money. It's like taking candy from a baby. He's just can't missing change. the shots. Yeah, you can't change what you've been doing the whole year. It's been working gotta, the whole year. It's just, it's just really shit luck for Brooklyn right it, now. The pendulum is starting to swing back. The law averages are starting to come back in Milwaukee's way, and they're they're really fucking Brooklyn here because Brooklyn, before game yeah, three, we were talking, they were shooting 50, 40, 90 as a team. And it's starting to come back yeah. down to earth because that was just bananas what they were doing, man. It's, it's, it's going to level out at some point. But this is an opportunity for Kevin Durant to just go bananas, just go berserk. Like, this is kind of setting up for Kevin Durant to have one of those, like, 45-point games here where it's like, holy shit, like, is he going to get 60? Because, like, they're just setting it up now to where, like, they're hyping up Ooh. P.J. Tucker and, like, oh, you know, Kevin Durant's legacy is on the line and, oh, he can't do it without other superstars and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know you're just set up Kevin Durant to just absolutely torch the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like, you know that's... That's what I'm saying. I, that's why I'm leaving it alone. You know what I mean? I got money on the series Well, there was Milwaukee, so There not- was a stretch there in the fourth quarter where it was, like, it was hanging around like nine or so and Milwaukee took a couple dumb shots and they couldn't score. And then it was like, uh, Kevin Durant is still hanging around. He made a couple shots and he kept bringing it within like five or six. And you're like, 
there are very real enough, chance. Though. There's a real chance he could go nuclear here. But PJ he's Tucker just did such a great time. He just yeah, did such a great need, job. See, Katie, this is the thing, though. It's not like he had, he's LeBron where he can get 12 assists a game. You know what I'm saying? So it's just – and he can't use his body to attack. Well, there's, really, there's a like great the difference zone. between – facilitating and then just getting assists like getting assists is cool and all but like if you're like a real facilitator and actually moving the basketball to help other people get open or something like that instead of just like picking up assists like everything it's completely different like because Kyrie I mean Kyrie Katie they're good guys that just they can get assists but they don't facilitate the way that like James Harden does like James Harden gets a a million assists but he also passes a million times too to, to oh yeah exactly and puts people in the right to position like the right position the right play like there's and, a difference between also, just racking up assists and like actually facilitating those, and like moving those, the ball yeah and those other people have to be like okay so kd scores 40 who's giving me the extra right six? that's the thing now where it's like everyone moves up in the hierarchy now so then joe harris yeah. becomes your two and like he's struggling right now as your three or four right <laughs> jeff green got to come off the bench and have to hey uncle jeff's coming in he's playing hard he took a couple he charges is. he's he's making he open was. shots like he's Glad just a winning basketball player. He is. Like he literally is, man. Yeah, he is. His first two minutes so of the game, it, he's standing there taking charges from Giannis at a million miles an hour. He hasn't played in like six games. He's on, he doesn't on give a, a shit. Is he on a minute restriction? Because he's gonna have to play like thirty. I know. Minutes. Now he's at the point now where it's like, well, you have to insert him probably in the starting lineup, I assume, right? Or uh, do you start yeah. Landry Shamit? Or what do you do here? Like, do you start Mike James? Like he didn't start the second half. No, like that's. I, t- do that. I mean, that's just, this is one of those things too where we have to stop with the. The narrative about people's legacies on the line. If you're the greatest player oh, in the world, you're supposed to do X. Like, about. look, man. No, 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 no. He no, was no, playing no. with a dude in the second half of that game who was just playing in Russia six months ago. All right, man. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't something where he should dominate the Milwaukee Bucks here. Like, he's completely outmatched here because it's it's a disservice to how great Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are as players when you're just summing it down. You're just boiling it down to Giannis versus KD. That's not what it is. Like. The, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets are so top heavy. Where it's once James is gone, it's like okay, we can brunt it a little bit. We have K, we have Kai and KD still. But once Kai and Harden's gone, it's just one superstar and then a bunch of just guys like <laughs> bottom of the barrel Ben dudes. Where it's like that's the they problem can, yeah. of a super team. If your three dudes are done, you're done. That's it. You are cooked. I don't care how great you are. Your team isn't constructed to deal with missing two of your three best players. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't well, give a I shit. Mean, I, yeah, it still would have been hard for them to win the to you know win it all with Jim Jim Harden on the bench. Yep. You know, I thought even if it's just yeah, right, even if it's just Kai and KD, like that'll get you through a couple series in the East. But like, you need James Harden in the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. You need James Harden versus a Utah, now, a Phoenix, a, a Clippers. Yeah. Like, you need him. And now Milwaukee's- you need Kyrie. You need yeah. Kyrie right now. And if you don't have Kyrie, because that's Kyrie's a dude who's like, he's not afraid of the moment. He's going to take whatever shot it needs to be happening. He's going to make the right play always. Oh, he's he's, gonna gonna, he's always going to be there. Like, if you can he's just get him time. the ball, he'll do whatever he needs. But, like, I don't know who's that going to be for Brooklyn no, in this case no, here. Because, and what's disheartening for Brooklyn is that James Harden, that's already been said, he's not even playing in game five. And they announced that. More than 24 hours before the game, the next game. So I was listening to Malika Andrews today on Get Up. She's saying that he's not even doing basketball stuff yet. So to expect him just to ramp it up in a he's couple days get, yeah, and be he's back. He's like, getting treatment. He's going to – He's if they make it through this series, he'll probably be back like game two of the Philly series. You know what I mean? Like 
Uh, it's ha- a hamstring is worse than an ankle. I don't know how bad I know, Kyrie's but like is, it did like if he starts right now ramping up to basketball activities, I think he'll pull it again. It, it's too early. That's the thing too, where it's like, okay, so they make it through Milwaukee and then they rush him back against Philly. And maybe he makes it through Philadelphia fine. Like he did against Boston. Like maybe he makes it fine. And then 45 seconds into the game, one of the finals, he's lumb. He's lame again because of his hamstring injury. Like those things don't go away overnight. They're always it's, lingering for uh, a while. It lit- yeah, it literally came back from earlier this year. Right. So, like, the so thing, he came he back. Just come back in a week and a half. He tweaked it. Erroneous. He missed two games. Then he came back, and then he tweaked it way worse, and he missed twenty some games. And then he just came back three games before the playoffs started. Because it, it's hidden, man. If you feel okay, but right in a game mm-hmm. when you burst or take that thing, and that it's almost that's like exactly you, what you happened. Twist, that fast break. It's almost like yeah, it's almost like you twist your ankle and then you try to put your foot back down. It's just like exploding, and your hamstring just—it just like screams at you and just says, "Nope, you're not and going anywhere." And that's the thing too with the ankle injury, like you're talking about Kyrie, like Kyrie, like the torque and the just what he does to his ankles in every possession, like that bend he does to get the edge over a guy so he can get into mm-hmm. that lane. Like you—he's not going to do that with a bum ankle like that. Like he's not going to be able to do no, the things that make Kyrie like the things that he's going to miss a yeah. game. Or he's going to miss, like, two games at least. Like, this is something where ideally it's, like, 13 to 14 days to really feel like you're okay, honestly. Where you feel like you can go out there and do everything you need to do to help Kevin Durant out here. So, this sucks for Kevin Durant. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and it just sucks that he's going to get buried here. He is. Like, and just the narratives are going to stink. They already stink as soon as KD or Kyrie went down and then everyone was making fun of him because like, oh, he can't do anything on the super team. He can't you do this. He can't do that. Like, it's just like, look, man, but the, like, every single insanity. thing is it's all circumstance based, man. Every single team is built a certain way. And once one guy is gone, that changes the dynamic of the entire basketball team. It does like it, it, the whole thing was like, well, no, you know how LeBron felt his entire career. Well, it's like it's not the same though, because those teams were not, they yeah. were constructed shitty. Like they weren't good to begin with. They were just bad. <laughs> it wasn't one of those things where like this is built to be this, and then this is all taken yeah, away, and now yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. No, the team just sucked to begin with. That's that was the was thing, it? and they they extremely overachieved <laughs> in 2018 and shit like that. Like yeah. they traded the ha- whole team halfway through the season, and they still made uh, the fucking finals. Well, that team was. I thought they were talking about Team 2000 or, or 22-year-old LeBron taking them well, them guys. No, they stunk. But, but, like, they also overachieved. Like, something just magical exactly. happened with LeBron there in Detroit where it's like, oh, are we going to go to the finals that, now? Man. Oh, my God. You feed off we are of it, way ahead of our timeline here. We are way above it. We are not ready to start competing for titles, especially against Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Monty Ginobili. No way. No way. Yeah. We are not ready for this. No way. <laughs> But like Detroit was on their way out and then LeBron just got hot and then Booby Gibson got hot. And it's like, holy shit, we're going to the finals here. This is insane. We are way ahead of our timeline. This is insane. We overachieved like crazy. And everyone did play hard. And well, just like the Thunder, the Thunder in 2013, they overachieved like a lot and they went to the finals. Yeah. They're all professional athletes. So, Again, so like we can make fun capable. of guys and like I can call guys like Walmart greeters and like Uber drivers or something like that. But like that's just like joking. <laughs> At the end of the day, these are professional basketball players. They're still yeah. really good. They're still a select of few dollars. players who get make it in the NBA. Like they can still play, but it's not it's not the level of, you know, high level basketball players. It's just it is what it is. So like there's a huge talent gap here now between Brooklyn and Milwaukee. If Kyrie's out, it is. It's a giant gap. Like it's. KD yeah. and Giannis, then you got Milton, you got Holiday, and then from there you could probably go into what? 
maybe Brooke Lopez is the next best player. Like him and Brooke might be a wash. Is that man LaMarcus Aldridge over there? What? Is that man LaMarcus Aldridge over there? Is LaMarcus Aldridge what? over there? Yeah. He retired. Is he in Brooklyn? Oh, he, he retired from Brooklyn. Remember he had that, uh, they signed him and then like a couple games in where he looked serviceable. He looked out. really good. He had like a heart condition. He had to retire. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Damn. Damn. I thought they were going to throw Actually, like the physical from Brooklyn kind of like saved his life, honestly. So it was kind of a godsend that he, you know, got bought out and went to a new team and got a physical like that. Yeah. But I mean, is Blake Griffin going to, you know, he's going to have to shoot it. And I mean, is that going to be like, that's going to be their third or fourth probably good That's what I'm shot. saying. That's going to be three. like their third guy. That's, so that's he's doing, a, he has a lot of the ball in his hands a lot because he's facilitating he to Kyrie. Cause, but he's but, facilitating though. But if you need him now yeah. to like, you need to score, sir. Like score, someone's yeah. got to score some buckets here. It can't just be Kevin Durant. And I, he ain't Milwaukee putting no one is, in the post. Milwaukee has found something, man. And I think, I think this is back to, and it just sucks that I have to, you know, we have to kind of celebrate that punter pump our chests out that like we were right then walk you one at six but like you feel shitty because Kyrie kind of like oh, well, destroyed his ankle yeah. and that kind of opened the door for it you know like it that injury didn't cause them to lose they still would have lost that game right they they still would have lost and it still would have been two two but like you would have felt better with Brooklyn's chances in a best of three with Kyrie and KD yeah, than you would, you would think I guess yeah. what right so like now it's you got Kevin Durant you don't know when James is coming back. You don't know when Kyrie's coming back in a best of three here. So it's kind of Kyrie has a better chance. Absolutely, I think so too. I know they're both not playing five, but right. Yeah. I think I think it's the fact that James isn't even doing basketball activities yet for me to just be like, oh, okay, he's going to ramp it up in two days and he's going to be out there and then he'll be a plus for you guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Whatever. Dude. Yeah, he's he's not even on the treadmill. So that man. was the first game on Sunday where you're like, oh, holy shit, unbelievable, and then. Sunday night, last night, I mean, good Lord. Where do you want to go with this game? I mean, Phoenix did everything that they wanted to do, whatever. Devin Booker was just chilling. He dropped 34, and he was just casually just doing whatever he felt like. He was picked and choose whatever he wanted to do. You know, I And Chris Paul was just, Denver. hey, stop playing drop coverage against Chris Paul. I don't understand it. They started doing it in the Lob City days, oh, yeah. and he was like, Okay, well, I'm going to kill you with a mid-range jump shot because I'm really good at it. So good luck. You're gonna let me. That's get that. On. You're gonna let me get mm-hmm. to 15 feet without anybody close to me. You got That's it. That okay, yeah. I'm gonna kill you. That's fine. His, I'm going to murder you with this. And he did 37 points for the yeah. dude. He's crafted Tom the fadeaway mid-range jump shot where he's it's, already going backwards to where. And also, what I said. It's so hard when you don't switch off that and double switch and then help the post with like Aiden. It's so hard because Chris Paul is just going to shoot that every time. Every and single Jokic time. Is, Jokic is in no man's land. That. He is in no yeah. man's land every time, and, and, dude. And they were they were giving up the alley-oops too. When he yep. was hit the jump That's shot, what he, I said. he was a little bit. He was either too far up or he wasn't far enough down to cover the block. He was just in no man's land every single time. So Chris Paul uh, was just like, I'm yeah. going to do whatever I want to you here. Like I am. And, yeah, you know, the whole... Uh, like it, the worst I part of the game, tried. honestly, was you know Jokic getting thrown out of the game for that. Like, okay, yes, he hit Cameron Payne <laughs> yeah. in the face, all right, but he hit a lot of the it ball was, too. But here's the thing: the problem is that Cameron Payne was six feet tall. If Cameron it Payne was, was about six five, it was. A it was but if if Campaign was about six five, six six, he was a bigger guy. That wouldn't have been a flagrant foul. It wouldn't have been. Well, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. Unless it was, yeah, they wouldn't. Have it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have hurt. It wouldn't have hit that guy directly in the face. It wouldn't have been one of these things where the guy falls on the ground, acts like he got shot in the head. It would have been just 
you know, that was a frustration foul. He'll pick up his foul and he'll go to well, the bench. But it wouldn't be one of those things where he, he fucking almost knocks Cameron Payne's face off. Yeah, also the thing was like, Devin Booker was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then he just What was like, he going to do? What was he going to do to Jokic? <laughs> Jokic just looked at him and was like, what are you going to do about it? Hey, I saw something, someone tweeted, he's like, I wrestled bears and lived through right. bombings. He like, literally, <laughs> dude, I would not mess with that guy. Like, Devin Booker was kind of like, what's your problem? And then once he, like, got really up on Jokic, he was started he's backing like, up. He started yeah, he's backing like, up like, oh, yeah, whoa, yeah. hey, I'm just, hey, that was messed up, man. Like, I'm not but, messing with Nikolai Jokic. That should have been a flagrant one at least. At the least, that I should mean, have been a flagrant one. I've seen way mm-hmm. worse this postseason. Not called for yeah. anything. Yeah. For anything. De- so for De- you to throw out the unanimous MVP, his possible last home game of the year, in a seven-point ball game where they're trying to fight for their lives here, and you throw him out there, like, come on, man. Come on. Flagrant one. Chris Paul that rough. Flagrant one, and let's keep it moving. Like a flagrant two for that? Yeah. Come for on, swipe man. Down. Cameron Payne was still, down. like, feeling it. Is my nose still there? I mean, yeah, dude, everyone, you weren't even bleeding, bro. You're fine. Yeah, everyone said it wasn't one, but I mean, that's the league we we watched today. So I mean, they they had to do me. it. I mean, the the wind up that he had. But, you know how many times yeah. I've watched Jokic do that this season? But he did it on a big and was fine. The, yeah. He does it all, he the, does time. It all the time. He has a bad he has a bad play. He doesn't get a call. He winds up and he smacks the shit out of the ball. He usually fouls the guy, and you keep it moving because the dude's the same well, size people, as Jokic. Yeah. So he's, well, he's not the first one to do that. A lot of people do campaign that. campaign you know is the mean? same size as me. So if Jokic were to hit me accidentally in the face, my head would fall off. So it would be a flagrant two on me too. That was the only <laughs> yeah, thing. Exactly. That's the only circumstance that happened was campaign was a lot smaller than he was, but like and, um, the game wasn't really in question. Like Denver put some fight at the end. Like Will Barton really tried his ass off. And there was a couple times you could see where he's saying, I'm not quitting. I'm still here. And like, there's just nothing you could have done, man. Well, it's just more I'll, frustrating. Honestly, yeah. what I took from it is that it's insane that Portland did not beat Denver. Like, it still does not make sense to me that they it's didn't, bad. they could not beat Composo and Austin Rivers. It, It's just... Well, it's the oh. whole thing with Dame, and, and it doesn't really make sense. CJ struggled, but Dame, you see how Chris Paul attacked and how they played? The, the Portland doesn't do that for some reason. They they like Well, Dame, Dame tries to certainly get threes, did. He it's, tries just, to get switches. it's just the other guys he didn't did, do but, it. It just—it just looked weird. It like how they got his shots. Well, Dame doesn't do that. Else. Dame is not gonna hard. You know, he's was, not gonna stop for a mid-range jump shot. He's at the point that school of thought where he's getting a layup or he's getting a three-pointer, and that's just about it. Like CJ McCollum will attack the mid-range a lot. Like he's really proficient at that, but he just wasn't they hitting those won. shots. That's again. But I think the problem was is that the biggest X factor was that Portland's like couldn't handle. Denver's wings like that was it that was kind of the difference where it's like they couldn't do anything against Michael Porter Jr. for stretches and they couldn't really get anything off of Aaron Gordon so it was kind of like well. yeah that's too that and um you got to tip your cap to Mike Malone calling out his team and changing the two guards to sure having the and Monte I, Morris did come out and play hard. oh yeah he played great and he, he had, was playing with a bum nine, leg man he played I mean he was playing quarter. well but he was just hurt so he couldn't play as many minutes as he wanted to Will Barton came they out really good like it. they I mean Denver, again, their trajectory changes if Jamal Murray comes back healthy and they're fine. Like the Aaron Gordon like trade is getting killed, but it sucks because Aaron Gordon got moved up in the hierarchy where he doesn't belong. Like he was up at a two. He was like a That's Jokic true. two. That he was a perfect four guy. When they were seven and zero, he was right behind Murray, Jokic, MPJ, some nights even Paul Millsap sometimes on the offensive end, but he was just defending hard. He was catching lobs and going off cuts. Now he's at the point now where it's like, hey pal. 
You got to be a primary ball handler. You got to get some shots going. Let's go, pal. We need your help here. And that's just not Aaron Gordon's game. It's just not. He's not there yet. It it wouldn't surprise me if they are really good next year and they're like a two seed. Oh, yeah. They're going to be good as hell, man. You know they're built I mean? for the regular season. If everybody's healthy, Jokic is, a, is yeah. a tank. He doesn't miss any minutes. He doesn't miss any games. Jamal Murray's a flamethrower. Michael Porter Jr.'s got another year to develop. Like, he's still got some holes in his game he knows he needs to work on. I mean, again, you plug that lineup in again, you're fine. Or, here you go, you sell the farm with Michael Porter Jr., a couple other guys, you just make a hard push at Bradley Beal this summer. Like, you should have done last last summer. That, that, but people are like, mean, don't trade Michael Porter that, Jr. But... You can't trade Michael Porter Jr. Yes, you can. Fuck that kid. Why you can't? certainly can. You can go. You can, you can trade any kid. Go get, go get Bradley Beal. Go get Bradley Beal. So, if Jamal Murray went down, you saw Bradley Beal. You saw Bradley Beal and Nikolai Jokic. I'd be cool with that. Michael Porter Jr. also started that game like 0 of 6, and that's that's very hard for them to. Uh, he picked come it out up of that. like he did the opposite did, of what he, he usually did, does. Yeah. He usually comes out hot the first quarter, he disappears for the next two quarters, and then yeah, the fourth he quarter the he sprinkles, but he, he did the opposite. So they battled, man. They they kept it kind of competitive, but I came to the point where, like, once Jokic got thrown out, I was kind of like, I kind of want to see Jokic get another crack at it. Like, I kind of want Denver to come back in this one and him well, they play did. in Phoenix they, again. They and they, they stormed back. So I was like, because when the game started, I was like, Please, Phoenix, end this now. I'm s I am don't want to see it anymore. Please <laughs> wipe the floor with them. And they sure as shit did. They sure as shit did. So Phoenix is yeah. tip your hat to them. And the the whole narrative that that I kind of woke up to this morning about Chris Paul being this plucky, scrappy underdog, where it's just, Half you know, it's like life. Bro, look, I get it, man. Chris Paul had to work really hard to get where he's at, blah, blah, blah. Don't act like he was some G leaguer who played in Russia and he came over. Chris Paul was Mr. Basketball. Mr. Basketball. Yeah. I get it. He played JV two years. Okay, man. You busted your ass at JV to Mr. Basketball. Okay. Made him what he was. Yeah. You then became the number two overall prospect in the nation. Okay. The only reason your dream school, North Carolina, didn't sign you was because they already got a commit from number one prospect the year before, Raymond Felton. At point guard, already at his position. So he could have gone to any school that he wanted to, but he stayed close and he went to Wake Forest. Then he's a top four pick in the NBA draft. Yeah. Shit hasn't been sweet for me. Brother, it sounds pretty sweet. You were a McDonald's All-American, sir. Mr. Basketball. Yeah, I, Ever since you've I been in the league, people have known you've got next. You are going to, you're on the course of being one of the greatest point guards to ever live. Like you are. And even through all his failures in the playoffs and all the shortcomings and stuff like that, people were like, yo, at the end of the day, there's only like two or three point guards I would put ahead of Chris Paul. Like, it's this isn't one of those things where it's like, yeah. man, this scrappy underdog, like, I love an underdog story. This isn't an underdog story. The Suns aren't an underdog story. They're not. He was just a late bloomer in high anybody school. With a brain, a, yeah, anybody with a brain uh, knew the Suns were going to be good this year. Like, I tried telling people, like, they're going to be easily a top five seed this year. You're going to give Devin Booker Chris Paul. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to give DeAndre Aiden Chris Paul. Their life is going to be so Aiden much back. better. Yeah. It's going to be easier. With, with Bridges, with Jay Crowder, who just Thank helped you. Miami like, go to the just, finals. Like, Monty Williams is a great coach, too. Like, this is just, it's written. Like, it's got, they're going to be good. Like, Chris Paul, wherever he goes, he raises the ceiling. He raises the ceiling. And they were already on the cusp of on come up. Like, again, if Phoenix wasn't missing DeAndre Aiden for a majority of their season last year, they're a playoff like 50 team. Games. They're a yeah. playoff team. Their second best team was missing over 50 games. They were a playoff team last year alone. So to think that you pop in one of the greatest point guards of all time, they're not going to be a top five seed in the West. It's kind of like, 
oh my god, what an amazing story. The Phoenix Suns are like, yeah, it's great, but like they're a good basketball team. This isn't some underdog story. Like, yes, they probably should have lost the Lakers if Anthony Davis and LeBron James were healthy. Sure, but they weren't. And the Phoenix Suns were more healthy. And they took care of business. They kicked their ass. They did. Yeah. And they and took the care of Denver. Couldn't net the water. Yeah. They, they took care of Denver. They handled business. And now they're waiting for the winner of Utah. And they wait for the winner of, of, of like either one of those two teams where I think they're probably rooting for, I don't know. Are they rooting for Utah? Are they rooting for the Clippers? Like, you feel like they should root for the Clippers, right? Because I feel like they can get the Clippers out a lot easier than they do Utah because I just don't think that they have – I don't think the point guard matchup is something that's going to favor the Clippers at all. Like I feel like that's something where Chris Paul can get kind of whatever he wants in that series against them. You know, Well, the, I th- well, the Clippers are de- better defensively. Than Utah? Yeah. I, I don't I, think I – mean... I think – I think they have individuals who are better. I think, like a team-wise, I think well, they're a lot better defense. Rudy protects the rim, so Rudy also protects that mid-range too off that he's drop. He's gonna take, yeah, he's gonna take that away a little bit. And you have, you have someone like Mike Conley if he's healthy, he'd be on Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, and also like Utah, just them at home is just oh goodness. If they start shooting, dude, I'm telling you, dude, it is it is going to be hard to beat them. I can't remember what I think it was. I think Phoenix took care of you or LA pretty easily this year. And then I think they had a losing record against Utah this year in three games. I think they swept the Clippers this year, but they lost yeah. one of three to well, yeah. they lost two or three to the Utah Jazz, and they got outscored by a million points and stuff like that. So I think it's interesting because you can't really attack Rudy Gobert the way that Chris Paul does. You know, if Chris Paul was still taking him back and like dancing on him the three point line and then driving on him, he's just Rudy's really great in that drop there because like he can he can defend the lob, he can also defend the mid range shot there. So like. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and then I'm is not... Devin Booker really going to guard Donovan Mitchell an entire series? But the same thing is who's going to guard Don... Devin Booker for an entire series for Utah? I think Mikhail will be on uh, him, right? Mikhail Bridges will probably Devin. be in flashes. Yeah, probably. They'll probably throw Jay Crowder at him, too. I think that's the thing, too. But... They've got a good thing where they can just throw bodies at people. This is If I'm the Suns, I'm not really worried about who wins. I'm not, I, yeah, I'm I think you're that just... confident right now. You're just you're playing good basketball. But yeah, I, I don't think it really matters. I'm, I mean, I'm down for a Donovan Root... Mitchell and Devin Booker conference finals i'm down for that i can go i can get down with that i'm ready for that i i just every time we kind of see like with the clippers we always get to see the best of the clippers and then the worst of the jazz right and then the first two games we kind of saw the worst of the clippers and then the the best of the jazz but they're so average and it's like oh are you gonna turn it on are you gonna just like but they like you know what i mean so the clippers i think the clippers turn it on tonight yeah i think they do i don't think donovan mitchell's 100 i don't think so either i think i think he blow i think they blow him out again and those shooters aren't going to shoot that well on the road. So Donald Mitchell has to be way right. So like the others for LA is kind of getting the, the home gym, the home cooking. And they're and kind you, of enjoying and, that. So, and yeah. you let Paul George who believe it or not, he is, he is a, you know, he is in the league. I get that. He he's is one of the best catch and shoot shooters, catch and but shooter. he's, a, he's a streaky shooter. Yep. And so he just saw the light out of the tunnel. And he's gonna keep shooting that. Hallelujah, thing. And they don't, man! They don't help out on that. They that do was, not help out on that. That was such a great night, man. Waking up Sunday to no Paul George jokes on my timeline. It was Better great. Keep man. doing it. It was great. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see no pandemic. It was great. It was great. I don't want to see great. that. I was so happy. And then they asked him about Joe Ingles after the game. He's like, it's I don't care crazy. about that Kawhi guy. Next still, question. Kawhi still scored more than him. That Hell yeah, he did. And that's what he needs to do. That's what they need to do. Like Paul George yeah. just had to be that way and just again carry the baton for a while, just for Kawhi to just grab it at the end and just sprint through to the finish line and just close mm-hmm. him out 
And if they, like, again, I think that I can honestly just count them. I feel like one hand where they've both had a game like that the other night where it was, they were both in control. Their fingerprints were both all over this game in every single way possible. Like since they've been Clippers, it just doesn't feel like that's happened a whole lot. Honestly. Yeah. It just seems like it's just weird. You know what I mean? Just not, it's either one guy or it's the other. Like it hasn't been this tag team unison thing all the time. And like, if they are going to get this the rest of the way, it's going to be tough for Utah to come back from that. It is. So Donovan Mitchell, man, you gotta, we'll see what happens tonight, man. We'll see what happens tonight. Let's yeah. see what happens tonight. So that's the late game tonight. That one starts at 1030. And then we got we got Hawks and Sixers tonight. Feel like, you know, Philly's going to take care of that one, take a 3-1 lead. I I just don't think Atlanta has it on anymore. I think they've figured out. I think Philly's figured it out. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Danny Green. But I think in a way it's kind of sneakily a win for Philadelphia here for this series because you could just put Thibault in the starting lineup and have him and Ben just – Full on attack, Trey Young. Not so- yeah, it's a plus for them this series. But going this forward, series, they're yeah. going to need a Danny Green out there. But for right now, you could just have Thibel, you can have Ben Simmons, and then when they try to set that screen to free up Trey, it's both of them just blitzing and howding him, and he can't get the ball over both of those behemoths. So, yeah, it's it's tough for Atlanta here. And, again, it sucks that they have to have Solomon Hill out there, who's literally a negative in almost every single way. And uh, it, just, it just sucks. And this has been a really to great year for the like- Hawks. But, again... If Embiid is going to look like he does all the time, even with a torn meniscus, it's kind of like this. That's where it comes. Before we started uh, this series, we're like, Philly is clearly the better team by a lot. But if Joel Embiid is a little hurt, we're back down on the same playing field. Joel Embiid does not look that hurt. So it's if, it's kind of, you know, they're outclassing a little bit. I don't want to see the Sixers play with this. And I want to see aggressive look, Ben more. I want to see aggressive Ben, but also like to start the game, come out with some pace. Get Tobias going like you've been doing. Every mm-hmm. game they've won, they get his ass going early. And then Embiid just finds his way throughout the game. You know what I mean? That's the and great thing. And then they thing. throw it to him. And then, the, and then the, you know, Seth Curry hits some open shots. And then Ben Simmons, baby. When you're Driving going downhill, the no, no one wants – and Embiid and Tobias are hitting shots. They don't want to help off. Go to work. Go. I don't care if you get fouled. Nobody can stop one. him. No one. No one can stop him. When just, he puts his mind into it and he drives, like, no one can stop too him. Too long. He's too long. He's too. He gets the ball so low. It's it's just, man. It was beautiful. Watch last game again. I don't. He just teases you every every other every other night. He teases you with, "I could do this all the time," and I just don't. You're like, "Oh, you motherfucker." I don't want to see tentative Embiid or tentative Tobias when you throw it to I don't the think post. that's and they're, a, they're looking around. That has been a thing for Embiid for... this series, which has been good. He yeah. gets the ball and he doesn't care. Even if they double I'm, him, he just looks at him well, like, "Okay, I'm still going to shoot over you. I don't well, care." Clint Capella pissed them off. Yeah. Let's just—he's just—he's coming out and going, "You beat me game one," and they're all saying like, "Oh yeah, this kid's second team," or no, he—he he got some votes for the defensive team, so he's. Oh, he's creating some problems. He's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't care about this way. guy. Like, are you kidding me? So, I'm gonna I'll, I'll get the easy buckets. Just dominate. We also had it, dance on them. So that's what I want to see. So Philly's gonna take care of business tonight, and then I assume that the Clippers are really gonna take care of business tonight on the home floor. I feel like I feel like we're going two two back to Utah, and then we're gonna go up three one back to Philly after tonight. Hopefully, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. And then That's today, like. yeah. well, today we had a couple, couple articles that came out. I don't know if you saw the one about the uh, homeboy that has been giving the sticky substances to all of the Major League Baseball players. Had read, uh, he had a uh, whole tell-all come out article with Sports Illustrated showing pictures and screenshots of text messages between 
Garrett Cole and himself, Adam Wainwright and himself, Adam Wainwright asking if he can get some more for the rest of his teammates. So this was stuff that he has been giving this to players for a good amount of time here. And he said it's uh, it's pretty league-wide. And actually, I just got to alert another guy. Jesus. He used, to, he used to go to the Angels clubhouse, and he would provide sticky substances to Cole, Scherzer, Verlander, many other all-stars. So this is a thing that's going to get blown wide open. And then they're going to try and crack down on it a little bit, just enough so you can forget about For it, the and then we'll just sweep it under the rug, and then we're just not going to worry about it because there's going to be another cheating scandal that comes out in Major League Baseball where the, all our attention will be on that, and then you'll forget about the sticky stuff again. And you know, then, that's funny because... What's funny? <laughs> the Cardinals are like nine. They've lost like nine their last one. Oh, I don't think they've been using it. That's the problem. Well, Wainwright pitches tonight, and the other guy he's pitching against is really good, but for some reason at home, they're like minus 200, which is like... That's like what LA's favored against, like a regular, like decent team. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird, but I don't know. I don't think maybe they read I thought, the I thought I thought Alex Reyes was pitching tonight. No, I thought I thought it was I thought it was Wainwright. I might be wrong though. I, I don't, don't know. know. They were showing some graphics of Alex Reyes today. The card. It was real weird though because I saw last tonight. night. It was minus one fifty, and then this morning it's minus like one ninety five, and I'm like, that's a that's. I mean, a the Cardinals are playing dog shit baseball right now. Like just yeah, no. Like the pitching why. staff's like, been bad, and the the bad the bad the hitting has just not been there right now. So it's it's been tough. I know. I said they were going to win the World Series. It's still a long. But either season. way, um, I didn't think this was that big of an issue. I told you, man. This thing is widespread. This thing it, is this is like people just drinking sodas. Like this is that common. Like well, I mean, they're pretty much they're hitting up their dealer yeah. to make up a concoction. Yeah. To go out. This guy's been making the good stuff. It's been going around from team to team. There's been now there's two guys who are coming out saying they've been giving stuff to Garrett Cole. And there's been other guys who've been saying it's like this is a big thing. So we'll see how far they Garrett, dig deep Garrett. and investigate into this and we'll see what comes Garrett out Cole, of it. Man. I don't know. He Garrett won't Cole, pitch man. without it. He won't pitch without it. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. You gotta get any edge you <laughs> can as a pitcher, that's man. Crazy, dude. They've been doing it for a hundred years. What's the difference, man? But I know what the difference is. It's not right. But I mean, like it's Whatever, man. That's what you have to do. It is what it is, man. People started really doing it in the steroid era, and then it just well, it's you just pass that it down. Guy, that guy must have got paid a shit ton of money to Hell say he yeah. did that. Oh yeah, he picked the because, perfect like, time to sing like a canary. I'm sure they gave him a shit ton of money. Sports Illustrated did. Why? I mean, I get it. Hey, they had man, to get he, the money. He had all these screenshots him, of all these things, him, man. Garrett Cole was like, "Hey, buddy, I need more of that stuff. You got any more? What a time to sell out, man. Everyone's gonna come down on it. He's That's like, exactly what he waited for I the perfect time. Right when the iron was hot, he was like, "Perfect. Shit, I won't be able to sell perfect. my product no more. They can't." Even Adam get Wainwright no hit more. him up like he triple texted him. <laughs> Without a response, he triple texts him like, "Hey man, Wainwright, I got your number from so and so. Where's my stuff? Got any good stuff?" And then the next one was like, "Hey, the guys Where's in the locker room Rosin? are asking, you got any good stuff? I need some of that good stuff." They're like junkies. My Rosin and glue, they are. I like junkies it's for that stuff. I mean, it, it really makes like a difference, four, dude. Look, this Wainwright's like four. And Wainwright five this needs year too. Wainwright needs all the things he can get. <laughs> look, he's a sub. I, I he know, throws a yeah. sub eighties fastball. He's almost forty years old. You know, Uncle Charlie isn't spinning like it used to. Needs a little bit of stuff, all right? He's got moxie and grit. <laughs> yeah. That's what they always said he pitched with. Uh, he also has got grit, moxie, and uh, spider tag. And some bras and spider tag. And then the big bomb that kind of came out today was like, well, it was like, it was such a strange story because it's like, this whole, the whole like Dallas and Luka Doncic thing where it's like, okay, so he hates the guts of a degenerate gambler who used to be a guest on Bill Simmons' podcast all the time, who Mark Cuban for some reason gave 
almost the keys to the organization. Almost he like second in command. He went from a guy who's handling their analytics to he's helping them with trades and sign off on free agents and shit like that. And he's apparently he's Mark Cuban's right hand man, who is the second powerful person on the team, according to that's how the hierarchy works. Like he was giving Rick Carlisle like lineup changes to make and like rotation mm. adjustments. It's like, hey man, what are you what are you telling me? Who are you? And he would come to all the home games and apparently like Luca hates this guy's guts. Like apparently like him and the dude, they've got an arguments and blow ups all the time and he's sick and tired of the dude being there. And it's kind of a thing where Luca's kind of frustrated with the entire organization. But it's also to the point where it's like Luca Doncic's not gonna turn down two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in two things. Like, first of all, I, who came, who told him that? He says Lucas' team. Like, so is that just who's close around him? And they just wanted to. This seems tell like so. The guy saw in the athletic here. So Tim Cotto, who is really close with the Dallas Mavericks team, like he literally like sleeps inside the arena. Like he is on top. When a story comes out about the Dallas Mavericks and it's Tim Cotto, like. You know it's legit. Like he's he has his sources. Okay. He does his work. Like and mm-hmm. and Sam Amick too. He's a part of the story too. And he's another big guy who makes some really great articles for the Athletics. So these are two dudes who are pretty plugged in here. And I think this is something where Luca didn't put it out himself. But I think Team Seventy Seven was kind of like, yo, this guy's a fucking scumbag. I'm tired of this guy. Can we get this guy out of here? Can we tell you how shitty the Dallas Mavericks are run? Before I take this two hundred million dollars, I'm putting this stuff out here now. So, you know, in two years, when I'm in the middle of that extension, I'm like, hey, get me out of here. This stinks. Well, we'll know the reason. I mean, if Luke ever leaves, I'm glad that we'll know why. But I also. So the guy's been for, with the team since Cubes, 2018. It's like he's been there since Luca has been there. And it's just like he's grown more and more animosity towards this dude. And then as the years go on where Luca's growing more and more animosity towards him, this guy's just gaining more and more power. So it's just pissing well, him off more and more each year where it's like, I hate this guy. But he keeps getting more power. Yeah. What is happening here? What did you see? What Cuban said, like quote unquote. What the, he said it was, after this? I want to know. He said uh, it was he, bullshit. He, well, that's what he followed. It, he said it's bullshit. So it's yeah, like, I mean, he dude, this guy, like, he went from being a schmuck on Bill Simmons' podcast to working for Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks, and now he's. He's signing off on Josh Richardson for Seth Curry trades, and he's working with Don Nelson on the phones to get Chris Sass Porzingis. This is like, what the hell is happening here? Like, how much juice does this guy have? Yeah, they're they're um they're trying to post stuff like saying it's more of like they're coming at Rick Carlisle and not this. Well, guy the you're thing is about. too is that there was some beef with Carlisle and the dude because Carlisle was kind of like. Hey man, oh, well, then I'm it, an then NBA champion not... coach. I was just reading something earlier today too that like Carlisle was kind of eyeing that Bucks job where it's like if oh, that yeah, is open, yeah. I'm gonna oh, go. Gone. I'm gonna go coach for the Bucks. Like I, I don't, I'm tired of dealing with Mark Cuban here. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm curious. Everything I read was they never really said anything about this weird dude. I didn't read the, right. He's the kind of been like in the saw. waste, but like some people who were kind of plugged in with the team were like, yo, this guy is kind of ruining the team here. Like all their faults, all their problems, all their issues here is it's him. Like so, his so idea Luca doesn't have a problem with Rick. He has a problem with this this weird dude. I think or at the beginning at the beginning they butted heads because Carlisle's kind of a dude where it's like it's my way or the highway. And he was kind of Luca was kind of frustrated at the amount of times that he would want to call set plays and he would try and do this and try and do that. And Luca's kinda of like, You need to ease the reins up on me a little bit. It happened in two thousand eleven. Like when he got Jason Kidd. He was trying to micromanage Jason Kidd, and finally the Dwayne Casey and the other assistant coaches was like, 
you need to settle down. Let Jason yeah, Kidd do his go. thing, and this thing will all turn around. And he finally was like, okay, I'll take a step back, and I'll let kind of the players have an input there. But it came to the point where yeah. him and Luca were buttonheads, and finally they kind of came to an agreement where, like, you're generational, you're incredible, do whatever you feel like, babe, and I'll just be here, and I'll, I'll, I'll clap and support you. Yeah, he wants to go coach, and and the Bucks need some coaching, so it, it, I think it, it so. Mean, it makes sense. So, so I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating that you know this is a story that's not a story because <laughs> gotta, it's it's something that's not going to lead Bucks. Dallas to losing Luca anytime soon in the near future. He's gonna he's gonna sign a two hundred million dollar rookie extension. Like obviously, he's gonna take a max extension. He's gonna find out he's in the All NBA team, so he's gonna be qualified for the super max. So, I just it's like it's a story, but it's not a story. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, Luca's gone this summer, right? He's going to be like, no, he's going to sign no. there for another four years. He's going to be pissed off most of it, I'm sure. And he's going to lay out little things every now and then if they still have Chris Porzingis yeah. out there and shit like that. Like, this guy's idea was to have, you know, spread, pick and roll, and just let Luca just do whatever and high pick and roll. But, like, you never got him a roller, like, ever, to make that, like, yeah. work. Dwight, so it's kind of like, Val. it's a great idea, but just get the roller. Like you gotta get the roller for the high pick and well, roll they, to make it they, an option. Yeah. Again, I sent Derek you that Jones. video today where it's like him and Porzingis playing pick and roll together, and he's just like, I don't even care if you're open, pal. I'm shooting it regardless. <laughs> yeah. You stink. He, I'm not gonna do it he myself. Has up. Hell yeah. yeah I'm not passing to this goober. I can do it myself. And then My right before shoot, we recorded, man. right before we recorded, all NBA teams came out. Boy how yeah. <sighs> these mother the second team is an abomination. Like for real, like what are we doing here, man? Like we need new yeah, voters. We can live with the first team. That's a we that's need a good one. new voters, man. This is ridiculous. Well, I, like uh, I, I don't just know who you're understand. gonna get. How did Mikael Bridges not make a team? How did Mikael Bridges not make a team? How? How in God's name did Mikael Bridges not make a team? How did Matisse Thybulle make a team over Mikael Bridges? Matisse Thybulle doesn't even start. He comes off the bench. I know. Is he that great of a defender? He is. I mean, I he is, he but is, he's but... not. Mikael Bridges affected the game yeah, like not... way more than the T. Stiebel did. Like when he plays 15, 18 more minutes. He's gonna. Uh, so it's it's like, <laughs> look, I get it, man. I I love Jimmy Butler, and I know I've been kind of hard on him this season because to his standards, he didn't have a very good year. Hey, he's had a pretty good need... year, but it wasn't Jimmy Butler standards for this for the reason that he shouldn't be an All NBA player this year. He shouldn't be. If it's this is the rumored teams that came out for, for the All NBA, he shouldn't be a second team All NBA guard. I'm sorry, he shouldn't be. Not this year. He didn't have a great year in Jimmy Butler standards defensively. He didn't have the yeah, year that uh, he should have defensively. Jimmy Butler standards, oh he God. didn't. The fact that I'd rather take them all, dude. So get the mad. number one team defensively in the NBA didn't have a single goddamn person on the All NBA defensive team. What do you mean? How? How did Anthony Davis not get any votes? Julius Randle had four more first-team votes than Anthony goddamn Davis did. What are we doing think, here? He had Dennis Schroeder had the same amount of first-place votes as Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. What are we doing? This isn't hard. This yeah, isn't hard, man. Like OG Anubi, I knew he wasn't going to be on there. He played phenomenal defense every single night. He was their best defensive player. He was one of the best defensive yeah. players in the league. But, like... He's not going to get any love, of course. It's just flawed. No. Like, why is Mikhail Bridges in the guard category? He didn't play guard at all this season. He's a forward. He's a forward. Why did you put him in guard? Where he's competing with Marcus Smart. Where he's competing. Like, it's... 
God. It doesn't make any sense. It makes never no gonna sense, make any man. sense. I'd rather Jimmy get off because, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, again, like, I'm happy for these players that got nominated because they get extra money in their paycheck now. That's an incentive towards them. But you feel bad for the dudes that they don't don't get it. Jimmy Butler's already getting the max. You don't need need no extra five mil when he's 40. God damn it. Yeah. It's just like, I just feel so bad. Like, you just knew once the season ended that you were like, all right, Mikhail Bridges is the definition of an all-NBA player. Like, he's an all-defensive player. Like, this is, sure, pencil it in. It's just kind of like, okay, man, like, what do you have to do to make an all-NBA defensive team? Like, Kawhi, great defensive player. Great. When he wants to be. But he's not doing that every single night in the regular season. He's not. He's not. He's not a first-team all-NBA guy anymore. He's not. You made a great point, like, these players could be if they wanted to do Correct. it every night. Correct. But they they take they take they don't take possessions off, but they take them switches and they go, I'm gonna stand back here and breathe so I can score. There are down nights there. they just don't bring it defensively. And that's okay. But there are dudes so who bring it every to. single night. Yeah. Exactly. They don't need yeah. to. Like Jimmy Butler, I'm not exactly. saying he's a bad defender. He's a really good defender, mm-hmm. but he doesn't bring it every single night. Like Mikhail Bridges yeah. does because he has to. Or Marcus Smart because he has to. Did a Schroeder because he has to. Alex Caruso, for Christ's sakes, because he literally has to. Like, how is Alex Caruso yeah. not considered for it? Like, why isn't Nerlens Noel considered? He only got one second-place vote. The guy was, he was right up there blocks a game. Like, he changed, he was the anchor of the second-best defense in the league all year. But Julius Randle gets five first-place votes? Did you watch the Knicks? Reggie Bullock no. didn't get any votes? That's my point. Are are people just not watching and then voting on stats, or the, are they only well, watching? That like, what's the team? criteria? Like, what's the criteria? Yeah, I don't get it. What's the threshold of minutes per game you have to play? Like, what are I, the amount of games you had to play? They're, they're all gonna vote for the teams they cover. Why would they go out of their way to vote for a team they've never watched? So, like, first team, you nailed it. You knocked it out of the park. You got Giannis, Drew Holiday, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. That's easy. That's an easy one. You have three of the. Top three finals for defensive player of the year, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo. There you go. Sure. Like, you probably could have had a, like a, a Laker in there or something like that. Again, first overall defense in the league, even when Anthony Davis and LeBron were out for stretches of time. They were still the number one defense in the league. A lot to do with Alex Caruso and Dennis Schroeder, but alas, we yeah, keep it moving. Dennis, Dennis should have definitely been in there. We'll keep Robert. it moving. We'll keep it moving. No, I don't Robert. want this ad. Stop it. And then second team, you had Bam Adebayo. Fantastic. The shit he was doing off switches on an island against guards was incredible. Like, the numbers that he held Kyrie Irving to in individual matchups in the three games they played this year, bananas. Like, no no players doing that, let alone a guy who looks like Bam Adebayo. His his in general stats against guards are just unbelievable. It's crazy. And then you had Jimmy Butler. Okay, man. Like, all right, man. He got 37 first place votes. Why? They love him. Why? But this year, why? Why this year? For what? I, I, um, I, I'm not watch, going to argue Watch that. the Suns. Mikael Bridges. It's right there. Look, all I know Where's is. Where's Miles Turner? All I'm going to say is we were shit. Where's Miles Turner? And this guy comes and saves us. That's all I'm going to say. Joel so Embiid, obviously. Second team all NBA defense. I could have, you could have had Miles Turner there. I would have. Been okay with it. I would have think Miles Turner is. Matisse Stiebel. How many games do you have to? How many minutes a game do you have to play? He's the guy who comes off the bench. He only plays. You're telling me starters? You're telling me he has better chance of making All NBA defense than a starter like Mikael Bridges, who takes the hardest 
fucking matchup every night? Every yeah, night? it's kind of like... Uh, For 30-some minutes a game? Disrespectful. Come on! Come on! <laughs> be, be bad over there. Come on! Yeah, I don't know. And then Kawhi Leonard, second team all Come NBA. on up. Come on! Come on up. Come on, guys. This isn't hard. Just watch, watch the ball. Watch others. More than four teams. Watch more than four teams. I swear to God. You'll know more things. Just watch more you than know, four they, teams. They could just dive into, like, the stats. Get new games. voters. They don't, they don't really have to watch. Get new voters. They don't have to really watch. They can just dive into stats, but it's okay. Where the hell do you I should, have the you list not, of the other no, guys? Just because of your two eyes. I got to look at you gotta, you gotta, it's gotta be Nikaias has of, the actual voting voting one here. Yeah, it's good. You got to have a combination of how you feel, who's the best player, and then you have to have the combination of, okay, I can prove it with paper and stats, statistical data that this person well, it's should like, be okay, on the team. Clint Capella had zero first-team votes. He was one of the driving reasons oh. why the Hawks turned their season around defensively. Noel got one vote. One. He got one point. Nerns Noel got one point. Yeah. Miles Turner got he got five first place votes. What? Five? Yeah, he should have had more, dude. He was the real anchor in that team right there. Like Julius Randle had more second team votes than OG Ananubi, Anthony Davis, Royce O'Neal, Robert Covington, Jay Crowder, Andrew Wiggins, who had a fantastic year defensively. Like he was incredible defensively this year. Nobody gives yeah. a shit, obviously, because nobody even paid attention to him. He got one second place vote. Daniel Tice got a vote. Why? Ew. Who's voting for him? You, Who's voting for Russell Westbrook? Me? Russell Westbrook got a vote. What are we doing? Why? Why? Why would? Why would that guy get a vote when he just got replaced why? by someone? You should have gave Robert Williams a fucking vote over him. Why? Way better defensively. Like. Oh man. Why? Dylan Brooks got three votes. Huh? Just because that. Just because of that. Uh, what? Last couple games. What? <laughs> All foul team, sure. All foul team, I'll give it to him. How about like, dude? He had had the most fouls this year, I think. He's had the most fouls every year for three years. The hack job. He plays physical. I give it to him, but easy, pal. Yeah. Want to play football? Yeah, hacksaw Jim Duggan right over there. It's crazy, dude. Contavious Caldwell Pope. He got four total points. T.J. McConnell, four total points. Alex Caruso, eleven total points. Paul George, fourteen points. Chris Paul. Chris Paul got more All-NBA votes than Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso combined. I think he got more than the whole Lakers. Two points. How? That's That's six. Oh, my God. He outscored. They were tied. Chris Paul got as many points as Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Alex Caruso. Yeah, you might as well just stop the conversation right there. Number one defense in the league. Can't get one guy on there. Not one. No, That's just Chris crazy, man. Chris Paul's better crazy. than all of you. <laughs> Lou Dort, 17. Lou Dort got one first place vote. One. Marcus Smart, one first place vote. Mikhail Bridges, four first place votes. Come on, guys. Just watch the games, all right? It's not hard. It feels like they're just going in there and putting names. And you made a great point. It's like, why in the hell are we going to play the games? Just say who the, who you who you think is the best defender. Right, just, just put, put the, the 10 best list. dudes who you think is the best player on yep. defense. Don't even do it at the end of the year. Just do it before the season starts, and that's it. Like, 
There's no yeah. way you came out of this year watching as much games as you did, and you went, yeah, Jimmy Butler's on there over Mikel Bridges. Like, Kawhi Leonard's over there, like, over uh, a Miles Turner or a Dennis Schroeder or an Alex Caruso or an OG Anubi. Like, it's just kind of like, on come on, John. guys. Come on. Come Not on. one person on the best team in the NBA. How like, this is the year that? that we give Jimmy Butler all these things. Like, this one? This year? Yeah, I know. He's had way better years. He's second-team like All-NBA this year? Huh? They they threw him a bone because of last year or whatever. I don't know. Hey, sorry we got sorry you got swept out, but you're second-team All-NBA. You're second-team All-Defense, all right? Sorry. I don't know if you haven't heard, though. He got he got a lot of street cred for that uh I know, man. He's a tough guy. He gets up at 2 a.m., eats nails every day for breakfast. I get it, man. I love Jimmy Butler, but well, come big on. Big face coffee, too. Come on, man. I know. Hey, I'm never going to be mad, though, about my Hey, if it was all NBA, board, so. you know, badass team, he'd be on there, obviously. But, you know, all NBA defense, come on. Come on, man. Well, maybe maybe he needs to hear you. Why did the you Miami know, Heat have two guys on there? And the Lakers had none. You know? Well, they, they held us down. You know? I get it. They're your two best players, but like, you know? yeah, it's just it's weird. It's weird. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not. I don't know. I'm glad for my boys, but hey, what was with these ESPN like just showing a play by play of that guy like dying on Friday when we were recording or Saturday when we were recording? That oh, soccer player. They were like they yeah. were like zoomed in watching. Like they were hitting with the paddles, and like the camera was like still on it, like. How did they oh, not throw it to the studio like immediately? Guy collapses Dude, and it's like, hey, this is really bad. Let's go to the studio. Let's listen to Lexi Lawless tell us something or something like that. Look, Let's just watch them revive a guy from the dead. That's what we want to watch. And then I want to watch soccer the rest of the day or I want to yeah. do anything the rest of the day. I just watched the guy die. Yeah. And they brought Kevin him back to life, Blair. which is great. But they were showing him like- hitting with the paddles. They were showing him doing chest compressions. And they were like, yeah, he hey, dead. can we go to the studio, please? There's a guy dead. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut. This is horrible. <laughs> Are we really playing this? Is this how boring soccer's got? We're going to literally see if this guy's going to live. This guy's, right I'm here. literally watching a guy dead and you're reviving him. And they oh, didn't think funny. to throw oh, it to the no. studio. Can you just dump in a bunch of commercials or something like that? Yeah, what the hell, something. dude? He was dead. He was literally dead. And they brought him back yeah. to life, which is a fantastic story. But like, we should hear about that later. Like, we shouldn't watch them hit him with the paddles. And I'm just like, yeah, his right. lifeless body jump, and then, then just, like, breaking his rib cage with compressions. Like, that's, that's bananas. I don't want to watch that. It's disgusting. It's insane. It's insanity. And the thing is, it's almost like, it's not the same, though, as, like, Kevin Ware, he broke his leg. But it's amazing. They just kept showing it. Oh, they showed like, that one a million times. It's like, yo, look, you can see the bone come out right here. And they're drawn on the telestrator. straight, dude. 20 minutes straight. Never well, it's the same thing with, like, Dak broke his ankle. They were, like, watching him hold it, like, hey, this isn't right. And then, you know, Tony's like, oh, man, hopefully it's just a cramp. And it's like, hey, man, are you an idiot? His foot is facing the wrong way. Yeah. Nah, Jim, I hope it's just a cramp. Are you looking at the screen right now, Tony? His leg is twisted the wrong direction. <laughs> he must have been uh, I think a cramp position. is the worst of his problems there, Tony. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Know. That's the only thing he didn't analyze well that year. Yeah, yeah. I wish he would have. He probably wants a mulligan on that one. Oh, Jesus man. Christ! He's a great guy, though. Say, still no Aaron Rodgers stuff, you know? What's up with that? Mark Murphy, uh, he kind of said that uh, Aaron Rodgers was a complicated fella. 
Why'd you, you say that? that? Why'd you say that though? You don't need to say that. You should be like just like kissing his feet, like in the media. You know, like you shouldn't say Did stuff they find like him that. Because you know how Aaron Rodgers is. Again, you said it yourself. He's a complicated fella. Do you really think you need to be saying stuff about him, like in the media? Like really? Is that what you need to be doing, pal? You can't think of anything better to say. That's what you said. Yeah, guys, he's a complicated fella. You know that. Oh, okay. All right. You're going to talk shit about me, bro? Oh, okay. All right, man. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm just rushing to get to training camp, bro. Keep talking. Oh, well, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. They're certainly not going to find him $93,000, I'll tell you that much. They already did. Yeah, that's already passed. They're not doing that. They ain't finding him shit. Well, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't see him getting This is all just so. going to come down to whether Aaron feels like surrendering $30 million or he finally gets yep. his wish and they're like, hey, the only team that could do it is the Raiders. Is that cool? And he goes, mm, "Can I? I'll, I'll stay in Green Bay. I'll stay in Green Bay. I, I, I hate this guy upstairs a lot. But I'd rather Send play for the Packers. I'd rather play for the Packers than the Raiders. No way. Send his ass over there Pass. with Gruden. He'll be watching film for 20 hours a day. You know what? He'll he'll retire in the middle of the season. Maybe John could settle down. Huh? You just no. say Gruden? Gruden? That man watches film for 18 hours, dude. I know. The man's a lunatic, and he still starts Derek Carr or something. And still loses the damn game. No. So. Hey, he's a great quarterback evaluator. Those Gruden quarterback camps, they're fantastic. They really are. Yeah, I can watch well, John Gruden do everything. Like I can watch him do anything but coach football. You just can't. I mean, hmm. man, the defense stinks. I mean, that's it. I mean, Derek Carr was really good last year. That defense is terrible. Well, honestly, Aaron Rodgers is doing me a favor because I don't want him over here. But it's it's whatever. I don't. He's gonna go to work or he's not gonna play this year. I don't think he's gonna go. I think he's gonna him. play. He'll play eventually, man. Yeah. I There's know. no way he's just gonna sit at home. There's no way. Like. Maybe There's no he way. Does. Maybe he's that guy though. He is that guy though. Like to me, he. You think is he's like, gonna be uh, like Le'Veon Bell and just sit at home? Yeah, he don't. I care. couldn't believe Le'Veon did it, but like it made sense because he's a running back. Like I was like, yeah, I wouldn't get the shit kicked out of me either. The, Aaron, Aaron's just gonna be at home with his wife. That's insane. Wife. Like the, know, arguably but... the greatest quarterback of all time is just gonna go. I'm just gonna sit Damn. here, bro. Trade me. Trade me, or I'm sitting here. I don't care. What's thirty million? I don't care. We could just could you retire. imagine that. <laughs> yeah, but like, is, is, no. are they going to be like Ursay, where like Andrew Luck retired early, and Ursay's like, you know what, pal, you can just keep all that signing bonus. I'm not going to make you pay it back to me. Are they going to do the Aaron Rodgers? Where they're like, I'm going to need that cash back. Yeah, well, that man, was that was good that for Ursay because dude, Ursay loves that kid, so and it was bullshit for them to bill him. That's bullshit. But yeah, I mean, well, if you find out like your only good bags. player is like. He retired at halftime. You're going, oh, what the shit is this? Well, they had a lot of hope that year going in with that defense. Oh, yeah. him and, but, I mean, you can't blame the guy. If you don't want to fucking run, if you don't want CTE, if you actually want to eat a bowl. He had 50. scars on his organs. Like, he was beaten up so much. He had scars on his organs, okay? Like, if they wanted him to hang around a little better, maybe spend a little, little money on some offensive linemen, huh? He might have died, dude. And the thing is, he, I think he had a, I think he has a degree in architecture. Or Dude, something. he he was like so a brain a surgeon. He's like a brain surgeon. He's a oh, genius. He, yeah, exactly. He had a, I think he had a four two or whatever at Stanford. So like, that ain't no. Richard Sherman no said the guy was a genius. Shit. He's a genius. Like every person who's ever talked to him is like, that's the smartest guy I've ever talked to in my life. 
He started getting really hit in the smart, head. He didn't want his yeah. his brain to be Yukon mashed potatoes. Yeah, it, at that point, it's not worth it, dude. It's not really not that worth. It's not like it, it's not that point where why would I want to just get ripped, man? And the thing was, he was getting hit. He was getting murdered. Like he was it's getting the most murdered. Hit quarterback, I think. And he was going, league. "Ha ha, good hit. That was great." And then you're like, "What? He like I just murdered you." What are you laughing? Yeah, the, I guess the line goes, oh, I guess he loves getting hit. I don't have the line. Oh, golly gee. What, Sorry. What are we doing over here? <laughs> That's the same thing with Russell Wilson. He came out like yesterday, or I think it was like Friday or Saturday. They finally interviewed him and was like, hey, so oh, like Friday. all that stuff about like you hating team, you think Pete Carroll's a piece of shit, and you kind of want to be gone. And he was like, that was me? No, I didn't say any of that stuff. I was, no, I don't know who said that stuff. You know, calls were made. What yeah. me? I'm here. I'm here to win. Go Hawks. I wasn't me. I didn't say that stuff. What um, about those teams? What about that list of teams? Like, look, I didn't want to get traded, but like, you know, if there were teams I wanted to play for that weren't here, I made a list. That doesn't mean I want to trade. Duh. I'm here. Russell, Go Hawks. A non, Go yeah, Hawks. He's nonchalant about it, though. Go Hawks. He, it's almost like he did the same thing Aaron did, but kind of in a different way. And well, Russell Wilson we, went, hey, this offensive line stinks. I'm tired of getting killed. Let's figure it out. And the offensive and line's like, oh, really? Oh, oh yeah, they didn't spend a dime on the offensive line still. The no, offensive line was like, the oh, you think I stink, huh? Hmm. That boy's going to be running around for his life next year. Well, it's like you can't I do can't like you that. can't do like the Willie Beeman like any given Sunday thing where they just like don't block and get a murder like the first play. Because like, if you don't play well, like you're going to lose your job. So they literally have to protect Russell Wilson. But you know in the back of their head, they're kind of like, yeah, you're on thin ice, pal. Um, well, priest, I mean, I watched RG3 get his legs down. Oh, yeah, they no just, they line. were just turn stops for that, that like, last game. He that, got murdered. Game, they just, dude. they just parted the Red Sea. He was like, go ahead, free shot. Bro, I was like, at that you game, hate I'm this like, guy. What, what, what is, I was like, what is going on here? Was like, the Cowboys line last year. Apparently, they didn't like Andy Dalton because he got murdered, and they were just like, eh, don't worry about it. They didn't try and fist fight the guy. They didn't even check if Andy Dalton had a pulse. They were just like, all right, so that's three now, right? All right, let's go to the sideline. <laughs> I mean, he's what is he? Thirty-seven years old, redhead. He's not that old. He's not thirty-seven. He's like my age. Is he? He's like thirty-one. He's not that old. Red Rocket. Rocket. He's not that old. What is he? Thirty-seven? No, he's not thirty-seven. Thirty-two. Whatever. You're thirty-three. Oh, oh yeah. Same thing, I guess, huh? Don't worry. You'll get old. You'll realize that's that's not the same. That's a big difference, right there. Yeah. But I think that's uh, I think that covers up the weekend and then uh, and today, huh? Maybe some more yeah. stuff will come out tomorrow night or tonight going into Tuesday. Sometimes that's how things happen. Monday yeah. night stuff start coming out and then Tuesday start talking about it. But hopefully we get some banner games tonight and hopefully uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta comes down to the sh- down to the wire. That's I, It's already going on right now. It's 9 o'clock right now. You realize that? I know. Yeah, we sat here insane. and started recording at like 6 o'clock. I know. Just shooting the shit, huh? All right, well, shooting the shit. thanks for hanging out with us, guys, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, pal. Is there? See you, bud. It's over! It's over! Y'all take it easy. I'm out.